This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's now time for The Property Show. I'm Keith Kam. Budget 2024 unveiled last month talked about an effort to facilitate the redevelopment of strata schemes. In this, it is reducing the residents' approval threshold for on-block sales from the current 100% to 80 or 90%, which will make this consistent with international practices as seen in Singapore, for example. This change aims to promote urban renewal and encourage the redevelopment of old buildings in cities. But long before this announcement, though, an abandoned office building in the centre of Kuching City in Sarawak that was built in 1996 got a new lease on life more than 10 years later. This urban renewal saw the birth of Lime Tree Hotel. Lime Tree with no space a five-storey boutique hotel with 50 guest rooms. In the studio this morning is Julie Tay. She is the Executive Director and General Manager of the Lime Tree Hotel Kuching, a family-owned business as well. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Keith. Julie, the hotel started life as an abandoned office building. By the time you and your family set eyes on it, uh, it was already more than a decade old. What was it that made you guys think, hey, I see a boutique hotel under all that disrepair? Upon taking over, the plan was to approach banks and medium corporations to rent the building since it already had an office layout, underground car park and lifts. But no one took up the offer. So the idea of turning it into a hotel transpired when we had learned that there was a demand for small to mid-range hotels in Kuching. The government then Mm -hmm. was urging developers to venture into hospitality to cater for the high demand of leisure and corporate travellers to Sarawak. Therefore, we decided to renovate the building into a small, modern boutique hotel and venture into the hospitality line. What was the process like acquiring the building from um, the existing owners? I mean, take us through some of the challenges you, you faced. Oh, um, the property was actually acquired through a bank auction in 2004, Ah. but um, it had no dues pending against the property. How how much of the decision to acquire the old building and turn it into a hotel had to do with its location? I mean, what clinched the deal for you location-wise? What did you see in that place? Right. Um, With its location in Chinatown, Padungan, which is a gentrified neighbourhood with plenty of local food, culture and shopping, and with it being a 10-minute walk away from Kuching Waterfront, uh-huh. I would say location was the most important factor for the decision uh, to build a hotel. A lot of potential there, you saw. Uh. Yes. Uh, talk to me first about the regulatory process that you needed to go through. I mean, the engagements with local authorities, approving bodies. How challenging was all that? Okay, um, specifically for this project, so back in 2008, uh, so we're talking about a few years after acquiring the building and yeah. uh, not having anyone successfully take up the offer to rent as a bank or corporation, uh, we submitted our first proposal to convert an existing office building to a five-storey, 50-room, three-star hotel to uh-huh. the Sarawak Planning Authority, SPA. Uh, there was no classification for boutique hotels, so we had to just do three stars oh, okay. mm-hmm, for the grading. We had to also submit our request to convert its land title, 
classification from commercial office to commercial hotel. Okay. Once approved, we proceeded to work with our team of architects, m and &E consultants, and civil and structural engineers to refurbish the building in compliance with local city council regulations. Why the name Lime Tree Hotel? Right. Uh, we want... Uh, we wanted the lime fruit to be our theme because yeah. our family cultivates seedless hybrid Persian limes. Yeah. Uh, my father, he was an agriculturist, so he has a lime plantation. So we thought it would be a fun and interesting concept for a boutique hotel. But having said that, we also have a durian and jackfruit plantation, so lime was naturally the better <laughs> choice for a concept, yes. Oh, well, I would stay in a jackfruit or durian theme uh, hotel, actually. So, right. yeah, I mean, <laughs> that you don't get a lot of hotels which allow uh, durians, for that matter, in, into them, right? And I'm sure you don't as well. Well, it would be a challenge, but very interesting as well. But uh, no, I wouldn't go for that. <laughs> Not for now. Uh, talk to me about the process of de designing the hotels. I mean, the decisions uh, behind what makes sense financially. How do you balance what is aesthetically pleasing yet fits the budget that you have? I mean, at this point, it's a three-star hotel, right? Okay, for uh, for the approved plans uh, that council has given us, it limited us on the foundation and structural aspect. So we could really only just create 50 guest rooms, out of which 38 are standard rooms and 12 were executive rooms. Uh, with this, you know, we had... Uh, a lot of challenges actually to to plan the rooms, but we managed to get a cafe with a kitchen oh, out of it, okay. and a rooftop lounge with a very nice skyline of of Kuching. Um, hiring staff would have to be another challenge for you guys. How did you go about um, you know populating your hotel with with uh, you know people you find capable? Okay. Uh, prior to running the hotel, we had options. Yeah. We we could either get a hotel management company to run the hotel with profit sharing uh, arrangements yeah. or to form a company to self-manage. So we decided to self-manage and to do this, we kickstart the hotel with a hotel consulting company with its pre-opening phase. So what they did was they recruited the middle, middle management, educated them with our mission and objectives, set up systems, strengthened our brand and recruited the remaining staff for various roles and training them. And then getting the message out to uh, potential travellers who might want to stay with, with you guys, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what was the, the marketing effort like? Did you always have to rely on social media or did you go other routes? When we first started out, yeah. uh, we relied a lot on online travel agencies. Yeah. Uh, so we got bookings online uh, through our websites so we, we also work closely with local travel agents for group bookings. Today, I see that you are the executive director and the general manager of the hotel. Um, I'm just wondering, how hands-on did you have to be? I was very <laughs> hands-on. We had to be. Um, at the beginning, uh, when we first opened, of course, we had to micromanage a lot of things to get things right. Mm -hmm. But after that, we fine-tuned and we managed to... Uh, smoothen our operations and workflow. Hopefully nothing like uh, what we see on Faulty Towers, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that, but of course, plenty of stories. Uh, that's why there are books like Hotel Tales. Uh, yes, available. Yeah, you can read the stories. 
and uh, we would agree that some of the things <laughs> has happened before to us. That's a conversation for another day. Yes. But uh, on the property show this week is Julie Tay. She's the executive director and general manager of the Lime Tree Hotel in Kuching, a building that started life as an office building and then grew up to become one of the better-known boutique hotels in Kuching, Sarawak. On the other side of the break, let's find out what it takes to run a hotel. Spoiler alert, Basil Fawlty's experience wasn't totally inaccurate. This is BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Property Show. This week, we have Julie Tay. She is the Executive Director and the General Manager of the Lime Tree Hotel in Kuching, Sarawak, sharing her and her family's experience in a bit of an urban renewal effort because... Uh, you see, the Lime Tree started life as an abandoned office building. Today, it's uh, it's a boutique hotel. Um, Julie, just before we went into the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, one of my favourite sitcoms ever, uh, 40 Towers. Uh, I was wondering if you could just share with us some of your more memorable, memorable experiences with your hotel guests. Oh, plenty. Too too many stories or... Uh, uh, most of the time, we're, we're always helping. You know, as a boutique hotel... Yeah. We have to deliver personalized service, um, you know, of high standards. But sometimes it's just helping tourists or corporate travelers. But once, uh, a few years ago, before MCO, I, uh, me and my staff, we had to help uh, a traveler. He had come all the way from the UK, uh, but he looked Sarawakian. So we couldn't help but ask him if he needed some help because he looked uh very perplexed in the hotel lobby. So apparently, he was supposed to meet with his birth mother. He was adopted when he was very young, so brought to UK and he decided to rediscover his roots. But his mum didn't show up Oh, yeah, when they were supposed to meet at a place. So we decided to track her down and rearrange another, uh, another rendezvous. It was tough because she didn't want to meet. So there was, uh, so her family uh, were in touch with us. We had to do a lot of translations. Uh, we needed travel agents and taxi drivers to help locate the mother. Oh wow! Uh, well, she wanted to. She just hesitated. So we were involved in that. Yeah, just helping out a bit. So he was very pleased that he managed to see, and, and they were very happy too that we managed to go the extra mile to do this. Nothing like what Basil Fawlty would have experienced. And at the end of the day, you are not just executive director and general manager. You are your private investigator and family counsellor as well, right? Therapist, lots of that. At the front desk, everyone knows. Actually, all hoteliers will share, you know, um, they have a lot of anecdotes as well. But most of the time, we are just busy with so many things. You know, if it's not operational stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's handling guests mm-hmm. yeah, and their requests and all that, yeah. There, there's so many moving parts to, to a hotel. Um, and like you said before, before the break, um, uh, you have a rooftop bar. Um, hotels come with F&B. Um, and that's, that's also a whole new uh, set of challenges. What, what is that like for, for you guys, uh, ensuring that the guests who stay in your place have enough to eat? Oh, of what eat. they like to eat. Actually, <laughs> Not durians. <laughs> well, uh, where we are, actually, there's plenty of food around us. Uh, for Sarawak, of course, the Sarawak laksa, ayam panso, which is bamboo chicken. You know, there's just 
too much local mm. foods uh, around us. But we try to focus on uh, our own products. Uh, we fr- uh, we serve very uh, nice fresh lime juice straight from our farm. Uh, for breakfast, we have uh, our own lime marmalade. We made those cheesecakes, lime sweets. So just anything to uh, to reflect our brand, which is lime. Uh, but maybe I can mention a few things about. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, uh, just prior to designing uh, the hotel, when we first acquired it, we had to do a lot of research. So we were actually very lucky and grateful to family and friends yeah. who helped us to network with hoteliers to gather more information about uh, the do the do's and don'ts for a hotel. So to do this, we had to uh, focus on designing a functional and minimalist space for, for the hotel. And uh, after all that was spent in uh, in in redesigning, refurbishing a, a, a an old office building like this, um, how long did it take you guys to break even? Oh, we took about six years, uh, not including the cost of the building. So operationally, yes, it took us about six years. And unfortunately, we saw COVID uh, come in um, in. March of 2020, um, that basically meant the end of leisure travel during that pandemic, those pandemic years. Um, I'm sure it couldn't have been easy if you don't mind sharing what the experience was like. Okay, for us, uh, it was a, definitely a difficult and challenging time because we chose to remain as a normal hotel. We did not want to be a quarantine hotel. At that time, there were a lot of restrictions and safety measures, so... Uh, that led to a lot of challenges for both the hotel and travellers. We could only take in bookings from uh, travellers of essential services such as doctors, engineers, but uh, the revenue from this was insufficient to sustain the business. I, um, if you had been a quarantine hotel, what would the difference have been? Oh, there would be consistent... Uh, supply of you know of of bookings yeah yeah because it's always back to back there's plenty of yeah. quarantine because for Sarawak right I remember oh the, you guys had a different uh, set of um, entry requirements for travellers right yeah yes yes everyone had to be uh, quarantined so uh, so we took care of people who did who who came out from quarantine ah, yeah, I see but, but most of them had gone home so we took care of people who were here on business. And that wasn't enough. So we relied a lot on government wage subsidy. And we also ran through our reserves. We had to downsize our team because we don't have as many bookings as quarantine hotels. So we had to downsize our teams and some of the employees decided to leave. They not only left us, sometime, uh, some of them left the industry altogether due to its uncertain future. So we only started to improve when international borders opened in, was it May 2022? That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Now that travel has resumed, are, are things back to normal now? It's been more than a year since, since uh, international borders resumed, right? Yes. Well, once it resumed, we did have a surge of travellers coming to Sarawak due to pent-up demand. And a year on, uh, we start to observe different travel patterns for our property. For instance, we have a rise in domestic travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, foreigners who booked with us, they booked longer to stay. And there was definitely a high demand in nature-based uh, outdoor activities such as jungle trekking, rural village tours, things like that. 
So we help to arrange those as well with travel agencies. Have you had to rehire some of the people who have who had left uh, to 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 uh, make up for the you know loss in manpower? Oh, definitely. Yes, yeah. some of them, you know, they they came back mm-hmm. to work with us. But most of the, I'm so glad, you know, I'm very grateful to my staff. But most of them have remained throughout. Yeah, they can thin with us. That's good. I mean, you you guys were never into the um you know, group. Uh, group tour um, uh, type of travellers, were you? Oh, uh, we are. Uh, for We call them adventure groups. Yes. Yes, they come... Uh, so we have group series. They come from all over the world and they uh, they have uh, tours starting from Kuching. They travel to Mulu, uh, followed by KK. So it's like a Borneo tour. And Visit Malaysia Year is set to happen again in 2026. What does that mean for you guys? Uh, we will have to look inward, develop our hotel more, maybe some renovations. We haven't achieved our fullest potential after the pandemic, so we are always assessing our hotel, uh, trying to adapt to new trends, hoping that when they visit us, uh, we can cater to their needs. With a hotel being um, a former office building, um, the expansion would be quite limited, right? What, what, what do you envision when you talk about uh, expanding the hotel? Right. Um, we can't do much with uh, the physical side, but, yeah. uh, but for soft skills, we, we definitely have to brush up. We have to provide excellent service. We're going to train our employees. We're going to invest in more internal refurbishments, better style, different artistic designs in, within the hotel. Would there be um, a Lime Tree Hotel 2, for example, in other parts of Kuching? Or are you keeping an eye out for other properties that you might want to, um, you know, give the same treatment to? We want to uh, look into this, but it will take some time, yes. I mean, it depends on how travel patterns are as well. If there's demand, we'll definitely look into another hotel. Or it may not be a boutique hotel. It may be like another kind of... uh, well, we don't know yet. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, but we also ha- we also plan to have more collaboration with local societies and businesses for more community engagement. Uh, we we are we are actually certified as a sustainable accommodation by Travel Life UK. So we really want to raise awareness on the environment for a more sustainable future and more sus- sustainable travel actually for for travelers. Yes. Julie, thank you very much for sharing your experience and all the best in your future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. On the Property Show this week, we were talking to Julie Tay, the Executive Director and General Manager of the Lime Tree Hotel Kuching, a boutique hotel situated just minutes from the Kuching Riverfront as well as Chinatown. If you've missed any part of this conversation, you can listen back to the podcast on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and Google Play or just go on to our website at bfm.my. We are also available on Spotify. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.